0: to the end of these conversations Jack and I, I want to say that I am awed and humbled by how brave and courageous you are when we're talking about features of Jack qualities of Jack that goes for the last 20 years to be honest with you I think your your courage um is tremendous and I'm sure everyone listening to this will see that too I wonder then if we can draw on a bit of the wisdom also that you've developed over the years um And if you could go back six years now and give advice to some of the following people, I wonder what you'd say. If you could go back six years and and give advice to me or to us as parents, what advice would you give us?
1: I think um, the thing that you were clearly struggling with at the time, which I didn't know, was you didn't know anything about trans stuff and you were doing a lot of research which i didn't realize at the time and if i could give you advice it would be you know living in your household you had someone who knew an awful lot about trans stuff because they were trans you know and you could have asked you know you could have let me educate you and asked questions because there's nothing about there's nothing rude about asking questions especially as a parent to your child you know to a stranger yeah it's invasive and like you shouldn't just ask them a bunch of questions but you know i think because we saw you
0: struggling and i know that it's chicken and egg a bit there but i'd like to think we weren't the only reasons for your struggles um but we saw you struggling we wanted to help we wanted to make things better you know when you when you have a small kid and they fall over and they scrape the knee you want to pick them up clean out the wound and put a plaster on it and then they stop crying and they're better. So I think we just wanted to make things better. And I think, therefore, it's hard to ask the very person who is struggling how you can enable them to struggle less. Or it felt hard, maybe.
1: But I guess with... Um, it does feel difficult, but with any person, if they're struggling with something and you're not really sure how to help and if someone, like, opens up to you about something... Um, it's okay in any situation to say what do you need from me here how can I help you know
0: yeah no that's true I remember us talking with you about the idea of a journey and you finding it so unpalatable that that we were saying to you um, we're on a journey here because I think we also then messed up by saying just like you're on a journey and you felt well no I'm here I'm done and yet one thing that these interviews have shown is that you've been on a journey ever since then yeah, but and you it weren't wasn't, at a destination, were you?
1: No, it wasn't. If I think if at the time, like you were saying, the thing, like you know, it's just a phase. You don't know for sure. Yeah, you what know.
0: that wasn't what it's we how meant. It, I know
1: it's not what you meant now, but like that's how it came across, you know. But really, just um, yeah, advice. If I could give advice to you back then, would be to you know ask me questions and let me educate you, you know, and talk to me.
0: <laughs> and tell you that we're struggling and yeah. tell you that we're doing research and yeah.
1: and showing me what research you're doing and letting me give you resources and yeah.
0: No that's that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Um any other advice you'd give to me if you could go back 6 years
1: ago? I think something which you definitely struggled at at the start was kind of you cried and kind of mourned the loss of your child because it felt like you'd lost a daughter yeah. um and advice I would give is you know like you were saying earlier is that like the main parts of my personality are things that have stuck since I was like one and I've stayed all the way through and that's what makes me your child isn't um that I was that you thought I was a girl you know so you weren't you shouldn't have been mourning the loss of anything because there wasn't a loss you know
0: I guess gender takes up such a massive space in society's um, I think um,
1: outlook I think when my generation, other than the like few like right wing Tory kind of people of my <laughs> generation, but when like you know the good people of my generation grow up and have kids, I think gender's gonna be less important in their kids growing up and their kids up- upbringings, you know
0: I see that in. Students I've worked with over the years, including since your transition, since yeah. my own sort of awakening and learning, yeah. I see a, a generation for whom, like you said, sexuality—why does it matter? I see a generation for whom increasingly it'll be—and it was already—gender.
1: Why does it matter? I know very few people of my generation who identify as straight. Um, very few, and even the ones that I do know have experimented a bit. And then when it comes to gender, increasingly, there's a lot of people who for most of the time I've known them have just identified as cis and that's not been an issue. Increasingly, a lot of them are using um, like he, they or she, they pronouns. I think a part part of that might be gender questioning, but I think a bigger part of it is just not really caring about gender and realising, actually, gender doesn't really mean anything to me, so I might as well not use a binary set of pronouns, you know? So I think increasingly that's gonna become a much bigger thing for people of my generation, and the generations to come.
0: Um what advice would you give your teachers if you could go back six years um ago, what advice would you give the teachers who had yet to encounter you to, to get to know you, to learn with you?
1: Don't gender so much stuff in a classroom. Mm. Um, I remember there was one teacher I had in Jordan who was my form tutor one year, I can't remember which year it was, um, and she like took me to one side and asked me what pronouns um, I wanted her to use on my report card, and that meant a lot, hearing that. Um, and if more teachers had kind of, you know, asked that, that, you know, that would have been good. And not only asking the kid who kind of looks trans, and <laughs> just kind of asking all kids, you know what pronoun should I use for you? Because then it usualizes it, doesn't yeah. it? And what about you? Usualizing a word, it usualizes it. Is that a word.
0: Yeah. Okay. I think it's it's interesting actually. That you asked that um, when I was involved in the recent Pride and Education conference online. We were talking a lot more about usualizing than normalizing because normalizing carries with it um, baggage, something, doesn't yeah, it? Being something. normal or abnormal, yeah, you yeah. know. Whereas usualizing it's talking about being common you know so i think it is um
1: yeah it's like that thing um that main bit of advice if you feel uncomfortable asking someone's pronouns just because you're worried it like brings attention to the fact that they're trans or anything like that just go about it like introduce yourself with your name and pronouns and then ask them what theirs are you know and then it's usualizing it yeah
0: well you've got a new word from me today nothing else
1: it's just like even like a with social media generations it's quite uncommon now for people of my generation or below not to have their pronouns in their bio. And if people don't, it's either a marker that they're kind of dickheads about trans stuff or it's a marker that they might not know. Mm. It's interesting when I look at
0: my um, professional networks on say LinkedIn, still a relatively small, tiny minority of people wear their pronouns on their sleeve there, yeah. despite how easy it is to, to do so. And yeah. um, so I think maybe my generation still has a, a long way to go, but perhaps not as far to go as the generation of, above me. Yeah. <laughs> what about what advice you give to yourself? If you could go back, and I know we're talking time travel here, and you are not the and you once were... Um, but if you could go back six years, what advice
1: would you give yourself? Um, I think to be a bit more patient with you. I think I I kind of, when you didn't immediately within the first few months, accept me, um, I felt that was how I felt. Um, I kind of, in my mind kind of wrote it off as, oh, my parents are never going to accept me, you know? Um, whereas the advice I give myself was just would just be like you know, I guess try and initiate conversations with you two about it more, even though that felt very daunting and scary if since it hadn't been a positive reaction in the first place like
0: and what other advice would you give
1: yourself just about the journey ahead of you? I think to not let people's just like to not let people's like one act of like kindness towards me um let me overlook other things that they do which aren't that great, you know? Okay. <laughs> Especially in relation to trans stuff. So you've been
0: you've been bruised along the way by people that you trusted too much? Yeah. Yeah. That's in terms of friendships, relationships that you as you tried to forge your own social identity, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. And what about anything that you might do differently in terms of of how you handled your transition or or how you embarked upon that that journey
1: um, I don't think I would do anything differently i don't I think i would have it would have been too scary and daunting to come out sooner and start my social transition in a school environment where everyone knew what I was like before that would have been too scary, and I don't think that would have been the right thing, and I also don't think that school would have let me not wear a girl's uniform.
0: What if you could reach out to to the Jack in those darkest times, you know, when things were were so scary and so close to to nothingness? What would you, if you could reach out now and say something to him, what
1: would you say? Just say that it really does improve, you know? And um, also, the advice I'd give is that... um, it's kind of not to pin all your hopes on like hormones and top surgery thinking they'll solve all your problems in life you know (laughs) because yeah they'll make it a lot easier and it'll make it a lot easier to cope with the other problems you have but it won't be like this um like as soon as you've done that and you feel kind of complete gender wise then all your other baggage just kind of disappears you know because I think that's what I struggled with um after I recovered from surgery is like kind of a confusion because I thought everything would be okay, you know like everything would just be everything would be easy um and if I'd kind of not expected that, then I think I would have been a lot happier
0: but well, I suppose the flip side of that is that in your darkest times, you probably thought that nothing would ever be okay, yeah, and that's proven itself to not be the case, yeah, so I guess if you could go back and talk to yourself, you could offer that that ray of light that... Yeah. This, ...that the really kind of shit dark times don't um, last forever. Yeah. But you don't feel that.
1: No, I do feel that. It's just hard to say something like that now because there's still a lot of uncertainty about my future in terms of education and career. And um, it's yeah. just a new set of worries, you know? I know.
0: And there'll never be a life devoid of worries, you know? There'll be worries will... Full- Will hang over you throughout your life. There's my positive <laughs> sentence: Worries will hang over you for the rest of your life. But you, you described the the you who doesn't care what other people think um, of you. You described the you with this uh, bold um, statement of a of an expression uh, that you uh, you inhabit. You know, you describe yourself in a really positive way. Not someone who. Every moment of whose life is just joy and
1: and ease, but someone for whom things have... I think I take for granted and, like, forget how big of a deal just not having to think about gender would be, like, looking back on where I was back then.
0: And from my point of view, we almost lost you. And now, to use your word from um, earlier in these conversations, now you're thriving, and for me, I just find that, um, yeah, it, it just never ceases to um, cause wonder in me and, and, and gratitude and, and, and joy. So, yeah, the worries will go and another lot will come and take their place and that process will happen and you'll get good at overcoming those worries. And just when you've done that, some others will come and challenge you, you know, much like parenting. <laughs> um, but I think, you know, you've come such a long way. Um, I really do. And what advice would you... We're in advice mode here. Um, Mm. I'm trying to tap your wisdom while I can. Um, What advice would you give now to teenagers who might be questioning their own gender identity?
1: I think advice now for... Which would be a lot easier for people. um, Which would be a lot... Easier for people of kind of the generation just below me, <laughs> like the people who are teenagers right mm-hmm. now. Um, it'll be a lot easier. Basically, as soon as you start questioning, start telling people about it. You know, not everyone, but mm-hmm. like, you know, pick a few close friends or family members if you feel like you can um, and tell them from the beginning you know, that you're questioning about it. You know, people you trust to not spread that around. And then the whole process of questioning will become a lot easier and the whole process of discovering will become a lot easier. Um, It's really interesting because when I think back, I wonder
0: whether it would be so much easier for us and therefore as a result for you, had you spoken to us when you were very first questioning things and then we would have joined you at the same time um, point in the journey almost.
1: I think for me, and probably for a lot of trans people, the parents are the hardest people to tell. Yeah. And also, it's kind of like um, discovering who you are in that aspect is kind of something which you want to have agency over and do by yourself. And most parents don't really let you have agency over <laughs> stuff and do stuff by yourself when you're a teenager. Fair enough. <laughs>
0: And what advice would you give to parents now um, in 2022? Um, Let's imagine there's um, some parents now who next week their teenager will speak to them and
1: say that they are trans. Not necessarily just their teenager, it could be someone younger, it could be an older kid.
0: Okay. So, what advice would you give those parents then?
1: Don't freak out, Um, don't panic um don't see it as a massive thing um because probably a lot of those parents like like parents generations and generations ago would have a massive big freak out if their kid came out as gay or something and a lot of parents now wouldn't make a big deal out of it and just try to act that same way if your kid comes out as trans you know and ask them questions you know ask them like what do you want to be called cool? do you want to help finding a name if not that's okay do you, what pronouns should I use for you, do you, um, what do you need help with, like, just asking that kind of questions, and then, um, asking them, if if you're, if you don't know stuff about the trans community, ask them if they would like, if they feel okay to, like, try and educate you about that, some of them might not want to, and that's okay too, and in which case, research stuff online, but research the right kind of stuff, you know, research for, you know, um, for resources which are created by trans people. Um, there's a lot of YouTubers who are trans and dedicate their YouTube channels to very informative educational videos about the trans experience and the process of transitioning and the process of, like, realizing and all of that. Um... Yeah, and I suppose the advice I'd give to parents is like
0: like you said, don't freak out. Yeah, because it doesn't have to be this this big deal. It doesn't have to be everything. the um, The one year old's tidy untidy room, sorry, the one year old's messy room will be the twenty year old's messy room. You know, as you said, you're not losing anything, and Mm -hmm. I think that's really. uh, I wish I had known that um, at the time, and I think also like you said, Jack join each other on the journey, somehow find a way to, to hold each other's hands um, through it. Um,
1: yeah. I think it's hard, because um, the thing is trans people, more so now than when I came out, are very much in the media. Mm. Um, not in a positive light. Yeah. But, you know, um, so most people will know stuff about trans people. They just might not know the right things. Mm. It's also parents... Now, depending on what um, newspapers they read, and but in most newspapers aren't very much about trans people, to be honest. So, like, most parents will need to kind of de educate themselves in order to educate themselves. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. And what I talk with schools a lot about and with, with parents um, uh,
0: to get in touch with me is the importance of unconditional love. There was an article I wrote um, for a magazine a few months ago uh, which kind of took um, the title of Amanda Jette knoxs um, book, Love Lives Here, which is about her very gender atypical family. And I just added the word unconditional to it because I feel that we've got to a point in our own family where unconditional love lives here. And that, that you and your sister hopefully now know that whatever you say and whatever you do and whoever you are, our love is not contingent on anything. Looking at our family now, um, our trans daughter, our son, and then the two of us, and we go back to your uh, questioning the word usual or usualize, are we usual, are we normal? Um,
1: um we're definitely not normal. I mean, um, I, I don't think we're usual either. And to be honest, I don't think that a lot of families do have unconditional love in them. Do you feel that we got there in the end? Yeah. And I think for Phoebe, um, you were kind of already there and knew what to do.
0: Does any part of you feel envious that we did it right? We did it well with Phoebe um, and we
1: didn't with you? Not anymore, but when she first came out, I did. You know, I was struggling, like, seeing how easy like how easily we were all adapting for her and how easily you two were just immediately using the right name and pronouns and how easily um she quickly changed her name legally and started medically transitioning and all that. And how for me I had to wait years for any of that, you know? It was I was envious at the start. But now? Now I'm not, I'm just happy for her, you know, that she didn't have to go through what I went through. Can you not think of a way to end it? No,
0: but I'd like to think of a kind of upbeat way um to mm. end it. So what, Jack, what is it like to be you today? Um, very hungry. Okay. So Jack,
1: <laughs> what is it like to be you today? Um, I don't know. So Jack. <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Today is a bit stressed, a bit worried about you bit hungry very hungry when you looked in the mirror this morning what did you see that i needed a haircut
0: (laughs) are you going to refuse to give me the neat conclusion to this podcast series yeah yeah well that's pretty typical i suppose of of the jack that's existed for the last 20 years (laughs) so maybe that's as good a finish as any yeah thank you jack genuinely i i feel so lucky and i'm so so grateful um for you doing this for me and for for the world